We're going to start off in the Summit Athletic Conference where Carroll got the win over Northrop 35 to 6. It was Homestead Blank and Concordia 42 to nothing. Snyder got the win over Bishop Dwanger 33 to 13. It was Bishop Lures over Southside, so they will get a share of the SAC. They won 36 to nothing. And it was Wayne defeating Northside this evening 18 to 12. In the Northeast Eight, Leo over Columbia City 51 to 7. DeKalb over Belmont 38 to 14. It was East Noble over New Haven in our 1380 The Fan Game of the Week just down the road with East Noble getting the win 31 to 21. In the ACAC, Adam Central over Bluffton 24 to nothing. Heritage Big over Southern Wells 61 to 7. LaPelle got the best of Jay County 28 to 7. South Adams at Woodland is in the fourth quarter. South Adams is leading Woodland by a score of 41 to 20. In the NECC, it was Eastside over Central Noble 43 to 7. Lakeland defeats Fairfield 33-7. Still waiting for the final of Fremont Prairie Heights, although there was just about 30 seconds left in the game. Uh, and it has now gone final. It was It's Fremont getting the win 30-20. And it was Angola defeating Garrett this evening 18-13. And your final score, West Noble over Cherubusco 48-0. I called the upset. The upset special of the week. Angola knocking off Garrett. First win of the year for the Angola Hornets. They are winless no more. Getting the victory over the Garrett Railroaders and East Noble hands New Haven their first loss of the year and they did it in somewhat dominant fashion although things got a little interesting late that contest. (laughs) No kidding. After two touchdowns in 17 seconds scored by the New Haven Bulldogs made it a 31 to 21 game but uh, the two-point try on the second touchdown was no good, and that meant it stayed a two-score game, and that allowed East Noble a opportunity to run out the clock and preserve the victory. East Noble now sets up what could be a three-way tie for the top of the NEA. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> and uh, Leo took care of their business at home. Boy, Columbia City sure has seen their season take a different direction. After starting out 5-0, and it's now three straight losses for the Columbia City Eagles. The last two have been by a combined 86-7, to getting beat by East Noble and Leo in back-to-back weeks. All right, we've got a lot to discuss. We've got sectional draw coming up this weekend. We've got conference championships to discuss as uh, the Adams Central Flying Jets are your ACAC champions. You know what I say, Adam, because I say it every week. Adam Central has been so dominant in this conference, they named the conference after them. The ACAC, the Adams Central Athletic Conference. Certain. It, it, it applies more than the Allen County Athletic Conference at this point. Fair enough. Yeah. So, I mean, might as well call it the Adams Central Athletic Conference because the Flying Jets dominate Bluffton 24 to nothing. It is back-to-back losses for the Bluffton Tigers after they got off to a, a great start. So... Hey, we've got a lot to talk about. We've got your comments. We are are we streaming yet on Facebook? We're getting that pulled. We're up. gonna have Facebook Live so you can check us out on video. And East Noble fans, I hope you make it out to see us because we have come up here to see you. We're wrapping up seven continuous hours of broadcasting live from Kendallville 
with uh, our show here, the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show, live at the Kendallville Pizza Hut up until 11 o'clock. So stick with us. We'll have coaches. We'll talk to them. Plenty more still ahead as we roll on with the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show, live from the Kendallville Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Welcome back to the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live at the Kendallville Pizza Hut. What you got going on tonight, Kendallville? You just got a huge win as East Noble gives the number four ranked team in Class 4A their first loss of the season. And East Noble defeats the New Haven Bulldogs by a final of 31-21. to And so you've got not one, not two, three teams in the NE8 all with one loss even if you went to a tiebreaker I'm not sure you could break this tie because I think all three of these teams in a round robin were one and one against the other two so it uh, it comes down to next week uh, barring any upsets of Leo East Noble and New Haven that those three will share an NE8 title in 2023 NEA football. All right, so the SAC, how about it? The Bishop Lewis Knights have locked up at least a guaranteed share of the SAC. No one saw this coming, especially people that attended the opener for the East Noble Knights up here in Kendallville because Bishop Lewis came in and just got smoked by the East Noble Knights. And then the following week, New Haven dusted off Bishop Lures. And you thought at that point, 0-2, getting beat badly twice in a row, that, uh, man, it's not going to be a good season for Bishop Lures. The rebuild isn't going well. It's going maybe a little slower than had hoped. And, uh, boy, they turned it around. And in Summit Athletic Conference play, all they've done is win, baby. They are undefeated in the conference. Now uh, 6-0. and And they've only got one conference game left. That's next week. And it's a game we'll see. So we will be there to witness whether Bishop Lewis wins the conference outright or whether it's going to be shared. And among the teams that are still competing to share a title, the Snyder Panthers, who got a convincing win over Bishop Twanger tonight, and the Carroll Chargers, who had a, uh, a rather easy go of it against Northrop. In fact, Carroll built a 35 to nothing halftime lead. They were able to rest most of their starters in the second half and it ended up 35 to 6. So, you know, when you see the score 35 to 6, you're thinking, you know, geez, I was surprised. I thought it maybe be a bigger margin than that with Carroll and Northrop, but Northrop a team that hasn't won a game yet this year and Carroll of course with just one loss. So you would have expected it to be a pretty wide margin. But Carroll was very comfortably in the driver's seat at halftime. And uh, the starters, most of them, did not see the second half. And so Carroll goes on to a 35-6 to win against the Northrop Bruins. And, uh, man, I don't even know what to say about my Concordia cadets. Uh, yeah, another rough night there for Concordia. Concordia, still winless. They got beat tonight at Homestead, 42 to nothing. In fact, I think that game may have been 35 to nothing at halftime. And I know that uh, Mr. Fox ran for uh, almost 300 yards in the first half. First half. Wow. And I think he had about 290 yards. I know Duke was throwing some numbers at us there in the press box at East Noble. But uh, anyway, we've got all the scores. Let's go ahead and give a rundown once again, Adam. So everybody that's just now leaving their game or getting in their car, maybe they just happen to remember to hit the button. Don't ever forget to hit the button. Never forget. Never forget. Let's go ahead and give them the rundown of scores. From the H&K Chevrolet High School Football Scoreboard, here is Adam Lundy. 
All right. Thank you very much, Brett. We're going to start off in the Summit Athletic Conference where Carroll bested Northrop 35-6. to It was Homestead blanking Concordia 42 to nothing. Snyder gets the win over Bishop Dwanger 33-13. to And Bishop Lures gets the win over Southside 36 to nothing. And one more game for you in the SAC. It was Wayne defeating Northside this evening 18-12. to In the NE8, Leo Big over Columbia City 51-7. to It was DeKalb over Belmont 38-14. to Norwell defeats Huntington North 27 to 6 and in our 1380 the fan game of the week which you heard right here it was East Noble over New Haven 31 to 21 in the ACAC Adam Central blanks the Bluffton Tigers 24 to nothing it was Heritage big over Southern Wells 61 to 7 Lapel best Jay County by a score of 28 to 7 and South Adams over Woodland 48 to 20 in the NECC, Eastside defeats Central Noble 43-7. Lakeland over Fairfield 33-7. Fremont defeated Prairie Heights 30-20. And Angola, you called this one, Brett. Angola gets the win over Garrett 18-13. And West Noble blanks Cherubusco 48-0. That's your H&K Chevrolet scoreboard for you, Brett. All right. Of course, coming up tomorrow, big day of college football as the Purdue Boilermakers head to Iowa. They'll be in Iowa City to take on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Don't miss Purdue Boilermakers football right here at 1380 The Fan at 100.9 FM. And tomorrow night, Notre Dame, upset alert. I'm not calling the upset. I'm just saying, Notre Dame, please do not look past Louisville just because you've got a couple of big games that you just got through on the last couple of Saturdays. Next week, you've got USC. To me, this is somewhat of a trap game, and I don't mean that in disrespect to Louisville. What I mean is that Notre Dame should win this game. They're favored. They're a touchdown favorite. They should win this football game. Why they don't would be in part because they are looking past Louisville and looking ahead to USC. That's why I call it a potential trap game. And so this will be an interesting one to watch coming up tomorrow night. And remember, the games you expect Notre Dame to win... Marcus Freeman hasn't exactly got a unblemished record in those games. And that was one thing where Brian Kelly always took care of business against teams you pretty much expected them to beat. But he didn't have a great record against the really high-profile top five, top ten matchups. But for Marcus Freeman, he cannot let his team slip, look past, or undervalue the the Louisville Cardinals. Because Jeff Rom's going to have his team ready. We talked about this in the sports rush, Adam. This is the Super Bowl for Louisville. This is their chance for their players to get the national stage, the national spotlight. Notre Dame gets it almost every single week. But for Louisville, this is their one shot. They're going to be fired up. They're going to be ready to play. And so Notre Dame had better come to match that intensity and that energy that Louisville is going to bring tomorrow night. And we'll see how it goes. But you can listen to that game on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Coming up after our show, don't forget to stay tuned for Bob Lovell and Indiana Sports Talk. As uh, Bob Lovell will take you around the state looking at a lot of the high school football stories from tonight. That is 11 to 12. We join that program in progress right after our Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show. Top of the hour, we're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to have coaches. We're going to have scores. We're going to start looking ahead as far as some of the sectional matchups that could be rather intriguing. We've got it all coming up right here on the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live at the Kendallville Pizza Hut. Come on out and join us with 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. 
Welcome back to the Kendallville Pizza Hut. That is the location for tonight's high school football post-game show presented by Indiana Physical Therapy. And what a night. Week 8, it is uh, time to start deciding on some conference championships and things got very interesting in the NE8 after the game we just witnessed with the East Noble Knights handing the New Haven Bulldogs their first loss of the year. Of course, perhaps the story in this one shouldn't be the game, although it should be, but a side note to this contest is that Mylon Graham, the star four-star recruit going to Ohio State, that he was unavailable for New Haven. Due to injury, he was wearing a boot. He wasn't in uniform tonight. He did not play for the New Haven Bulldogs. Obviously, that is a huge loss to the New Haven offense because so often, you know, you get into those third and four, third and five, third and eight situations. You can just get the ball into the hands of Mylon Graham and let him go make a play, and he can generally move the chains for you. And it was clear that there were a few pass routes where Donovan Williams and his receiver just weren't quite connected. They maybe He maybe expected him to run an out route, and they ran an in route, but there were some misses in the passing game. And some of that may be attributed to the fact that New Haven had to play tonight without their star receiver, Mylon Graham. You could also look at it and say, hey, you know what? That's part of the game. Next man up, you got to step up. You got to play. You got an undefeated record on the line. You got a conference championship on the line. You got to go out and get the job done. And credit to East Noble because their offensive line really was the what what who's what set the tone for this game. They were the ones that dominated the line of scrimmage, that got the push, got the surge, got the East Noble running game going and established what did I tell you would be a key to the game tonight. I told you that the East Noble offense might be the key because if they could establish that running game and be able to run down the uh, throats of the New Haven defense that they would be able to one keep the ball out of the hands of the New Haven offense. Number 2 Control the field position game, you know, not be pinned deep in their own end or give New Haven great field position. And then eventually they also used it to take the lead and they built a 21 to 7 lead. So credit to East Noble up front. Their offensive line was terrific tonight. And I thought that was really where the game was won and lost was right at the line of scrimmage. Now you could start to look at all the different running backs. Dylan Crail, he was solid for East Noble. We had Michael Mosley running hard inside the red zone, but when it comes down to it, the running backs aren't aren't anything without a good offensive line. And uh, tonight we saw it from East Noble. Absolutely. you got to have those holes made for those guys to run through and push through, and that's, uh, that's exactly what you're talking about. Scores are so big this time of year because they decide championships. And I'm going to have you go ahead and give some scores. And when we have a score, Adam, that does impact a potential championship, in one of these conferences, I will just jump in and note them. But let's go ahead and start. All right, let's start it off then. We're going to start off in the Summit Athletic Conference where Carroll gets a win over Northrop 35-6. to It was Homestead over Concordia by a score of 42 to nothing, And it was Snyder defeating Bishop Dwanger 33-13. to uh, Bishop Lures gets the win over Southside, 36 to nothing, And that sets up Bishop Lures now as guaranteed a share of the SAC title. Even if Bishop Lures falls next week at Homestead, which is our high school football game of the week right here at 1380 The Fan, 100.9 FM, Bishop Lures would still have a share of the title and a piece of the victory bell, regardless of what Carroll or Snyder do. 
And yes, Bishop Lewers didn't play them head to head, but that's also why there is no tiebreaker available because they didn't go head to head. And so Carol, Snyder, Lewers all in the running for the SAC championship. For Snyder and Carroll, they would have to get a Bishop Lewers loss next week, and Bishop Lewers can win the conference title outright, uh, unshared, if they can get a victory at Homestead next week. It's going to be a rare time. Some of those schools root for Homestead. <laughs> um, and the final score in the SAC, it was Wayne defeating the Northside Legends 18-12. to In the Northeast 8 Conference, Leo gets the win over Columbia City 51-7. to It was DeKalb over Belmont 38-14. to Norwell defeated Huntington North 27-6. to And in our 1380, the fan game of the week, it was East Noble over New Haven 31-21. to And that is the first loss for New Haven in conference play. And East Noble still with just one loss and leo kept pace with that win over columbia city so you've got three teams now with one loss heading into the final week both or all three will be uh heavy favorites next week and if they all take care of business as expected we could have a three-way tie in the northeast eight conference exciting stuff i'm just going to go ahead and read this first one it was <laughs> adam central defeating bluffton 24 to nothing adam central wins the acac there you go. It was Heritage over Southern Wells, 61-7. to I should correct myself because Heritage with the win tonight, I guess, still has a chance. But Adam Central would have to fall to Woodland next week. Okay. Don't bet the farm I'm on not, that I'm one. Not saying, yeah, I'm, nothing said there. No disrespect to Woodland. That ain't happening. So... There you go. It was LaPelle getting the best of Jay County tonight, 28-7, to and it was South Adams over Woodland, 48-20. to In the NECC, Eastside defeats Central Noble, 43-7. to Small division goes to the Eastside Blazers with that victory. They got a head-to-head matchup. Both teams came in 3-0 and in the small division of the Northeast Corner Conference. Only Eastside survives a perfect 4-0 and against small division opponents. Congratulations to the Blazers. Big congrats to the Blazers. It was Lakeland over Fairfield 33 to 7. Fremont defeated Prairie Heights 30 to 20 and Angola over Garrett 18 to 13. That by the way, that in itself locks up the the big division championship for West Noble. Because West Noble wasn't going to improve their record. They were already 4-0 in the big division going into tonight. The game against a small division school for West Noble didn't count on their conference record, even though it's a conference opponent. They do it funny up there where you only get the uh, the credit for the games against the big division opponents. And so West Noble was 4-0. They completed their schedule against the big division. The only team that could maybe challenge them would be Garrett, and Garrett loses. So there you go. There you go. And speaking of West Noble, uh, the final score in the NECC tonight, they get the win over Cherubusco, 48 to nothing. Ouch. It's just a good West Noble team. Sure is. And it's going to be fascinating to watch them down the road because when you get into sectional play, West Noble is in a sectional with Knox. Now, Knox is a long way away. Knox is much closer to Valparaiso than it is to anywhere near Warsaw or Columbia City. So it really is almost to the northwest part of the state. But Knox went into their game tonight undefeated, 7-0. and And uh, West Noble now 8-0 and after the victory over Cherubusco. So that one will turn out to be rather intriguing as uh, Knox... Give me a give me a click on Knox. Let's take a look at Knox was playing Triton tonight. We don't have a final score on that one, 
But uh, they went into the game against Triton with a 7-0 record. So a couple of unbeatens that could possibly hook up in sectional play. Now, if you look at some of the projected potential matchups that we might have waiting for us down the road, let's start in 6A. It's a very interesting alignment in 6A because Carroll does not play in a, well, I guess a Fort Wayne a Fort Wayne section in a sectional that includes Warsaw, Penn, and Elkhart. Now Warsaw and Penn are both six and one. Carroll improved tonight to six and two. All three of those in a four-team sectional, so they will get a bye the first week of sectionals, and then you'll have two of them will have to play each other. There's no way they can all three avoid each other. Two of them will play each other, and one of them will get Elkhart who went into their game tonight with a 3-4 and four record. So that that will be interesting because whoever plays each other, that means that team's going to have to beat the two powers that join them as far as the three top teams in that, in that sectional. Carroll, Warsaw, Penn, all three of them, I think, could be considered co-favorites in that particular 6A sectional. Absolutely, and you uh, just got the final of the uh, Knox-Triton game. It was uh, Knox getting the win over Triton, 42-7. to So in 4A, here's another interesting side note on tonight's East Noble-New Haven game. East Noble can enjoy tonight's victory, but it could be as little as two weeks away from those two teams seeing each other again because they are both in the same sectional. And, you know, wouldn't it be... Kind of interesting if they draw each other and Mylon Graham is available to come back and play. Because then we will find out exactly, was he the difference? They might very well face each other. That's a loaded sectional. includes Leo. It includes Dwinger. So a lot of really good teams in that mix in sectional 19. Uh, also, if you look at 3A, where Heritage keeps rolling, they're now 7-1. and one. You've got Delta and Yorktown with winning records. But the question is, out of those three, can any of them own their own side of the bracket to where two of the others have to play each other and maybe you can then swing through the other side of the bracket without any problem and only have to play one of them rather than have to play two of the others? 3A, you also have West Noble and Knox, like we mentioned, both now 8-0 on the season. And uh, in 2A, you still have a battle. Alexandria, Bluffton, Eastbrook, Eastern. All teams that uh, have very good records, nobody has more than two losses among that group. Eastbrook has improved to 6-2. and two. You've got Eastern of Greentown, they've improved to 6-2. and two. Bluffton, they fell to 6-2 and two with their second consecutive loss. And then Alexandria, they improved to 7-1 and one tonight. So you've got four teams, 6-2 and two or better, all in sectional 36 in a class 2A sectional so that will be uh, rather intriguing and interesting to watch or or is that 2a or 3a I, I guess i'm i'm trying to make sure i've got my that's 2a that is 2a and so that will be a, a sectional worth watching sectional 36 that draw coming up on sunday along with the rest so we are here at the Kendallville Pizza Hut. We invite you to stop out and see us. We're here until 11 o'clock. We've got the scores. We've got the highlights. We've got conference standings. We've got coaches' interviews. We've got so much more. Do not uh, fail to stick with us, whether it's on the radio, whether it's on our Facebook Live. We're streaming right now. You can check out the show on the video and see what it looks like here inside the beautiful Kendallville Pizza Hut. And uh, as people come by, you might see them hanging out in the background back here. As uh, we broadcast on our Facebook channel, which is facebook.com slash 1380 the fan. 
That'll make it easy for you to find when you log into your Facebook account. And you can also join us if you're somewhere in the Kendallville area. If you're just leaving the stadium, this is the place to come wrap up your Friday night after a high school football night. Uh, I will tell you this. The nice thing, it's cozy. It's warm. It's, you know, if you've been out in that cold rain and, and the wind, yeah. it's probably nice just to find a nice warm nook to hang out in and enjoy some nice warm melted cheesy pizza or pasta or you've got the wings. You've got all the options available here at the Kendallville Pizza Hut. It's Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show up until 11 o'clock on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. We talked about it earlier that by the time you get to week eight, you can start to see the conference championship picture taking place. And tonight in the ACAC, Adams Central in a huge game at Bluffton. Takes care of business 24 to nothing. Adam Central assures itself of no less than a share of the ACAC title. And their head coach joins us right now here on the Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show, live from the Kendallville Pizza Hut, is Michael Mosier. And, uh, coach, solid win against a very good opponent, especially an opponent that's probably a little angry after losing last week. You took care of business. I'm sure you're very pleased and, uh, and happy with your team's performance. Oh, I, I definitely am, uh, especially after a, a night like tonight. You know, the wind was, was howling, the rain was pounding, and just cold. You know, we were 80-degree we were weather earlier in the week. We're not used to this, but uh, our kids played uh, played very hard and against a very good Bluffton team. I mean, our hats are off to Bluffton. They're a good football team. They are physical. They are tough. Uh, I, think they, I think they really controlled the, the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball for the duration of the game, and we were able to... Uh, to persevere a little bit, you know, we didn't we didn't panic when uh, they moved the ball on us. We were able to get some uh, big big uh, interceptions at, at uh, very opportune times for us. But it was a battle. Uh, it was not an easy win at, at all. Bluff uh, is a good good football team, well coached uh, and physical and tough. And, and I think they'll have success in the future here. You've had so many big stages that you've played on over the last couple of years, and I know I talked about about this with you before, but going into games like this, where Bluffton's still kind of an up-and-coming group, yeah. where last yeah. year a surprise sectional champion, and this year they've had a nice uh-huh. run, but they haven't been on a stage quite this big with the lights quite this bright. Did that right. have an impact on the game tonight? You know, I didn't feel that away from him. You know, talking to Coach Kunkel last week, I think they, their kids kind of felt that against Heritage. Uh, after you know having a, a, a number one ranking and 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 had some trouble dealing with that a little bit, but I thought they really calmed down tonight. I thought they were really good. Um, they they didn't seem to be uh, too too big of a game for them. They they kind of came out and, and did some business and and did did good. Our, our kids definitely, I think, persevered through that. Um, like I said, I, I think being in big games helped helped our guys out. We didn't panic. Uh, when things weren't going our way, we didn't we didn't fight with each other. We just kind of kept persevering and trying to figure it out. And I think our kids did a really good job with that. Having a game like this in Week Eight, this late in the season, is it huh. something you can take out of this game that will help you once you get to the postseason? Oh, absolutely. You know, we we as a staff talked a lot about that after the game. This was this was a great game for us uh, at the right at the right time. You know, we were. Uh, we needed this. We needed challenge. Uh, Bluffton definitely gave us that challenge. Uh, we're going to be able to look at this this tape and and see what went right, what went wrong. 
uh, and try to fix some things for some uh, big opponents that we're going to face uh, in the next few weeks. So uh, I think it was great for us. I think it was great for Bluffton as well. I think we both complemented each other well. We both fought each other hard. Uh, kids played well. Uh, it's, it's kind of, you know, this is the time when you need to be, be starting to do that. You know, they got the, the tourney coming up. We better be playing our best ball and trying to figure out some things that we need to be able to get better at. Coach, I'm just curious. While I've got you, I'm going to ask you a quick question about the tournament because you've had deep runs over uh, the last couple of years. And, yeah. um, you know, I'm kind of a proponent. I don't know that you concede the entire tournament, but I do like the idea that the regular season counts somehow toward where uh-huh. you're placed in postseason and the schedule that you deal with. Is there yeah. a way, whether it's seeding in the tournament or whether it's just an advantage in getting some home games because of a power ranking, is there anything that you would change about the tournament format if you could? I, I think I would change that. I, I think you you definitely uh, play for your advantage, and right now we don't necessarily have that. And I think I think like a few years ago, uh, we, we drew Cherubusco game one. Uh, and, and those were really, the two, I think, the two best teams in the North that particular year in 21. And we played, you know, game one. And I would lo- have loved to see, at least for B- Busco's sake, um, like to see that game be in the sectional championship. I think they can definitely seed it. I wish they would seed it. You know, with the Sagarin ratings that we have right now, I think there's a number of different things that you could do uh, to, to rank teams based not only on the Sagarin rating or even, even on the... the um, the records and things. I would like to see that happen. I don't know that it will, but uh, I, I would like to see that happen. Yeah, it just seems so random that teams that have a great regular yeah. season might have to go on the road and play two or three big right. tournament right. games and right. not have the advantage of right. getting some of some of the games at home. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's, 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 it plays into that. I mean, that's why you play the season, uh, and I think you should be able to reward teams that uh, that have good records and and, and have good ratings. And, and right now, we, we just. We just don't have that. You know, that said, it's still exciting to have, you know, that that draw. It's always exciting to see who you're going to play. I mean, so that, that's always exciting, too. But I, I think it would be um, something that we should do. I think something that we can do. I would really like to see them do that. I think it def- definitely can benefit some teams that, that have a good season. Well, congratulations, Coach. You obviously have had a great season to this point, and we expect many more games to talk to you about as you continue on, not only through the regular season, but the turning path. Congrats on the win. Congrats on thank no you. worse than a share of the conference title, and we yep. appreciate the time. Oh, thank you very much for having me. Have a, have a great night. Yep, that is Michael Mosier joining us from Adam Central. Let's go ahead and get a rundown of all the scores. Time to check the H&K Chevrolet scoreboard with Adam Lundy. Let's do it. We're going to start off in the SAC where Carroll defeated Northrop tonight 35-6. to It was Homestead over Concordia 42 to nothing. Snyder defeated Bishop Dwanger 33-13. to Bishop Lewers over Southside getting at least a share of the SAC winning 36 to nothing. And it was Wayne over Northside 18-12. to In the Northeast 8, Leo over Columbia City, 51-7. DeKalb bested Belmont, 38-14. Norwell over Huntington North, 27-6. And in our 1380, the fan game of the week that you heard right here, it was East Noble defeating New Haven by a score of 31-21. In the ACAC, Adam Central blanks Bluffton, 24-0. Heritage Big over Southern Wells, 61-7. LaPel beats Jay County, 28-7. And South Adams over Woodland, 48-20. In the NECC, Eastside defeats Central Noble. They're the small side of the NECC champs. And Lakeland 
Best Fairfield 33-7. Fremont over Prairie Heights 30-20. Angola gets the win over Garrett 18-13. And West Noble over Cherubusco 48-0. Those are your scores on the H&K Chevrolet scoreboard, Brett. We are live at the Kendallville Pizza Hut, inviting you to come out and join us. We'll be here for about another 30 minutes, wrapping up seven hours of continuous local coverage here in Kendallville. We'd like you to stop by and be a part of the show. Or if you can't make it, you've got a good excuse. First of all, be sure you email that to us. We want to take a look at your excuse to make it official. <laughs> but uh, the real thing is you, you've also got us available on Facebook. Facebook.com slash 1380thefan. You can find our video streaming right now of this post-game show. It is live. You can follow along and watch the video. Or you can listen to the show up to 11 o'clock, and then we turn it over to Bob Lovell with Indiana Sports Talk, the long-running program that looks at local sports throughout the state. Friday night focused on high school football, so you get some perspective of what's going on around the state of Indiana coming up after we are done at 11 o'clock. We'll take a break, and when we return, we are going to be talking to South Adams coach, Grant Mosier. We hope to be talking to him after we return for the break. It's the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live from the Kendallville Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. It is the way to wrap up your Friday night, whether you're heading home from a game whether you're stopping in to see us here at the Kendallville Pizza Hut, it's the Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show. Tonight, the South Adams Starfires got a big win on the road at Woodland, 48-20 to over the Warriors. And South Adams coach Grant Mosier is joining us right now on our guest line. Coach, congrats on the win. Hey, thank you, Mr. Rump. Appreciate that. It was uh, pretty horrible conditions. You think after my nine years, <laughs> coach, I remember that come uh, October, you're still cold, but I still only had... Uh, a long sleeve shirt and shorts. So I was freezing the entire game, but uh, a lot of our kids, we got to win. You know, it's it's kind of funny because Coach Boer of New Haven showed up almost the same way at uh, East Noble. And he said, you know, when he was an assistant, that's what he was told. He was told when he put on pants one time that uh, he's got to man up a little bit and put on shorts. So he, but he did that. But, see, I appreciate, though, Coach, you're getting to an age now where you can actually admit that maybe it's not seasonally <laughs> appropriate to stick with the shorts at this time of year. Oh, that's exactly right. Well, I got the head coach job when I was 26, and I thought it was going to be tough, and I'm, I'm never wearing long pants my entire career. <laughs> and now I'm 35, and I'm, what an idiot. Man, I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, coach, you've got to tell me, where is your team right now? It's been an up-and-down season, a really difficult schedule. The ACAC yeah. just has incredible teams. Uh, you've got very little margin for error. You make a mistake, and you could see yourself on the short side of a 30- or 40-point loss. What? Where is your team right now as you get to that, that Week 8, uh, Week 9 point of the season? Yeah, we knew that this last two weeks, Week 7, Week 8, with kick-out of was going to be a very important two games for us. Um, we started out again. The ACAC much improved this year. You have uh, AC at the top of the class, obviously. Uh, solidified at least a part of the conference game tonight with a win over Bluffton. Then uh, back to back state championship runner ups. And then uh, we had Bluffton week three. Um, it was, was ranked 1A for a little bit. We're ranked number one and 2A for a little bit. And a really good 3A Heritage team who only has uh, one loss. So we knew we, we thought we played the three best teams in the ACAC early on. We were over three sitting there and saying, hey, we're at crossroads now. Well, we got to figure out are we going to. Man up here and, and win some games going to Jay County and Woodland and Tony Wells, or are we just going to fold and call it quits? So I'm really proud of our guys last week with a huge, huge homecoming win, the first game on turf. 
Because Jake Allen, the last play of the game, Diesel Ziegler with a huge stop on the four-yard line. And this week we came out and our defense played phenomenal. Grant Odell played incredible as linebacker. Had a big interception, a lot of tackles. Uh, Luke Bauman all night was after the quarterback. And, and defense tackle spot, 0-1 out of pick six. Um, and then Colin Ballback over two yards on the ground with, a, with our, and our line blocked for him really well. So, again, really happy with the way we played in the, in the uh, global weather tonight. Is this the place you wanted to be? I mean, obviously, from a record standpoint, you'd like to be in contention to win a conference championship. But as far as the progress toward that Week 10 game, which I think every team likes to feel they're going into tournament playing their best football, do you feel like you have the potential to be there? Yeah, absolutely. And our goal every year is now we, we, want, to turn, we, want, to, we want to become a winning program. Um, so we, we've had eight straight winning seasons now. So the big thing this year, we're sitting there at three and three after Adam Central game saying, hey, we want to have a winning season. We better get going here a little bit. Um, so now we're sitting at five and three going to Southern Wells here. Hopefully the chance to get to six and three going to the tournament. Um, so, so really happy with that. Obviously we have AC in our sectional, but, um, our sectional has some winnable games outside of, uh, some tough teams with Madison Grant and Adam Central. Um, like I said, AC, AC is kind of, kind of the, uh, class of 1A North right now. Um, but uh, our, our kids want to shot at him, and, and maybe sometimes uh, anything can happen. Uh, you, you've seen uh, in the past with us in 2019, we were the number one team in, in 1A and lost Adam Central, and then in 2016, back in the day, knocked off number one Woodland. So we've got both ends of the upset. So like, that's why you play in, in October, November, because anything can happen. Having that close game against Jay County on your opener on that new turf surface, did you remind the kids that that new turf surface doesn't buy you points? <laughs> Exactly, and and that's that's cool because when I took the job over like a couple uh, years ago, it was kind of a pipe dream where I was told whenever I have turf here in South Adams, you're dreaming, and we just kept kind of fighting and battling, and, and then uh, we have a, a new admin here kind of the last a couple of years, and, and Michelle Claus and Penrod have been awesome just right on getting that turf rolling. Um, so it was really cool to have that. The first day we had we were able to allow the turf around there, just laid down off about five minutes. Just, uh, I think mean, my less indent with my fair pound body, but still, it's pretty excited just to lay there and soak in, and, and just really enjoy having a having a cool facility at a small like we have. We had to play our first couple of home games this year at uh, Adam Central. Uh, super cool to have our, our, our entire town seem like it was there. So our kids and our and our program, our blue jersey kite full and wrapped around the entire track of the flagpole. So it was really cool to get a win uh, on the turf in front of our home crowd for the first time this season. Well, you're back on it again next week to wrap up the regular season with Southern Wells, and then we'll find out Sunday if you got any more games to play on that turf surface. Congrats on the road win tonight, Coach. Thanks for the call. I love listening to you guys. Great job. Appreciate it. That is Grant Mosier, coach of the South Adams Starfires, joining us here on the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show. Injuries, kind of a story tonight. And we saw at our game that New Haven was without the services of star receiver Mylon Graham. Showed up, not in uniform, in street clothes. Had his jersey on, but did not have any more uh, that he was wearing tonight as he had a boot on his ankle. And that's always not a good sign to see. We don't have a report on what the injury is, but obviously we learned pregame that he was not going to be part of the contest tonight. And then uh, we got reports that uh, Tay Johnson for Northside had to leave the game in the first quarter after he was injured for the Legends, and that may have played a part in their game against Wayne. But, uh, you know, you hate to see, this is the time of year, you know, you start to have the weather change, and it's been a season where you've you've beat up your body a little bit. Sometimes that fatigue can lead to more injury risk. You hate to see kids have their season end 
especially if they're a senior getting close to that postseason, that final run, that final chance. So hopefully they will all be all right and be able to participate in the postseason. But let's go ahead and talk about what happened tonight in week six. It's time to, or week eight. It's time to check our HK Chevrolet of New Haven high school football scoreboard with Adam Lundy. All right, thank you very much, Brett. Let's start off in the SAC where Carroll got the win over Northrop tonight, 35-6. to It was Homestead over Concordia, 42 to nothing. Snyder defeats Bishop Dwanger, 33-13. to It was Bishop Lures winning over Southside, 36 to nothing to get at least a share of the SAC conference. And Wayne over Northside, we were just talking about Tay Johnson. It was Wayne getting the win over Northside, 18-12. to In the Northeast State Conference, it was Leo big over Columbia City, 50 one to seven to Cal Best Belmont tonight thirty eight to fourteen. It was Norwell over Huntington North twenty seven to six. And in our thirteen eighty, the fan game of the week that you heard right here, it was East Noble over New Haven thirty one to twenty one. In the ACAC, Adam Central defeats Bluffton twenty four to nothing. It was Heritage over Southern Wells sixty one to seven. Lapel defeats Jay County twenty eight to seven, and South Adams gets the win over Woodland forty eight to twenty. In the NECC, East Side over Central. Central Noble 43 to 7. Lakeland defeats Fairfield 33 to 7. It was Prairie Heights falling to Fremont. Fremont getting the win 30 to 20. Angola best Garrett 18 to 13. And final score of the evening. West Noble defeats Cherubusco 48 to nothing. In that Snyder win over Bishop Wenger 33 to 13, things kind of ended a little bit ugly the way you hope they don't end, but things got chippy and got to a point where the officials got together with the respective athletic directors and decided to have a running clock over the last three minutes. They burned off the last three minutes and then decided not to have a handshake line, finish the game, keep the team separated. Things were getting a little chippy. A couple of questionable late hits and whether or not they should have gotten flags, didn't get flags, and coaches were upset. And, of course, that carries over to the players and coaches. You have to set the example for your players to keep things from getting chippy. Then between the lines, it's just one of those things where things got a little out of hand between Snyder and Dwenger late. And, unfortunately, it led to uh, to the game happy to end on a running clock, even though it was only a 20-point margin at that point. But both athletic directors agreed to just let the clock run down. Let's get out of here. And Snyder went home with a 33 to 13 win, uh, but uh, but that was just one storyline from tonight. Uh, the other storyline, of course, conference championships. Big congratulations in the SAC. What Bishop Lewers has done has just been amazing. After uh, having those two one-sided losses in the non-conference portion of their schedule, they turned it around. They've run the slate so far. Six games into the conference schedule, six wins, six and zero, oh, only unbeaten in the SAC. In conference play, they get a dominant win over Southside, 36 to nothing tonight. Now that all that stands in the way of Bishop Lures having an undefeated conference record would be the Homestead Spartans, and that will be at Homestead next Friday night. It is also our high school football game of the week. We'll be out at Homestead for the uh, contest at Dave Walter Stadium. And we'll see if Bishop Lewers can own that title outright or if it will be a shared title, depending on the outcome of the Carroll and Snyder games coming up next Friday. Can't wait. Really looking forward to that game. And that will put us at the Coventry Pizza Hut next Friday night where you can find us for the Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show. Still plenty ahead on this as we count you down to 11 o'clock. We'll turn it over to Bob Lovell in Indiana Sports Talk. He'll cover more of the state 
when it comes to high school football on this Friday night. But uh, we keep broadcasting live here at the Kendallville Pizza Hut. And if you're in the area, still time to come out and join us. It's the Indiana Physical Therapy post-game show on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy postgame show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. This Sunday, it is the state tournament draw. We will find out who is going to play home coming up uh, when the tournament begins in two weeks from tonight. Now, remember, two weeks from tonight, which will be October 20th, it will only be Class 1A, 2A, 3A, and 4A because 5A and 6A will have the bye the first week. And then uh, week number two on October 27th, we will have all six classes in action. That will be the sectional semifinals. The following week on that Friday will be the sectional championship games. And a lot to watch for with the draw coming up this Sunday and, of course, I'll be tweeting kind of some of the matchups and, and be uh, locked in on maybe online, maybe to Caleb and Kenny, maybe to the Sports Rush. Not exactly sure when we'll have our schedule finalized for where we're going, but uh, we will be following our Fort Wayne area teams all the way through on the path to Lucas Oil Stadium for IHSAA state championships. Well, Conference championships tonight, the big story. And in the NE8, East Noble made things interesting. They knock off New Haven tonight, 31-21. to Some would say the game wasn't that close. Well, it ended up being that close because New Haven scored two touchdowns in a 17-second span late in the fourth quarter. After it was 31-7, to it got a little bit interesting. But... Uh, but, you know, it, it was a game where penalties played pivotal roles for both teams both ways. It was just, you know, both teams probably will have some film to look at and say, we can't let those things happen if our season's on the line and we're playing win-or-go-home football. East Noble had a touchdown taken off the board. New Haven got themselves on a drive all the way down inside the 10 and then had a couple of penalties, moved them back. They ultimately scored, but they bailed themselves out with a big play. And that's one of those situations where you can't always count on that big play to be there. So ultimately, I think both teams have some things they want to improve. But, of course, the big story for us was that New Haven had to go without Mylon Graham tonight, who was in a boot on the sideline and was unable to play. And uh, so New Haven struggled a little bit with their offense and their execution and their passing game. But, man, they made a couple of huge plays there late that got them back into the game. And uh, and almost almost made things a little hairy for the East Noble Knights. But East Noble gets a huge win on their home field. And one of the recipients of that victory is the Leo Lions. You know, Leo, you look at them, they're 6-2. and two. They've been playing almost in a shadow all year long because they lost their opening game. And then they lost early in the conference season. They were 1-1 one and one after a loss to New Haven. And, uh, of course, you had all the teams going out and having undefeated records early. And so Leo was always back in the pack when you look at the standings. But yet, here's Leo, eight weeks into the season. They're 6-2, and two, and they're three points away from being undefeated. They have a two-point loss to open the season at Kokomo. Kokomo, so far this season, all they've done is go 7-1. and one. Their lone loss was a 10-6 uh, to six loss to McCutcheon. So Kokomo's had a terrific season. And then the other loss that Leo had was a one-point loss on that missed kick 
in overtime to New Haven, where they ended up losing it 42-41. to And, of course, for Leo, the what-ifs, not only the what-ifs of an undefeated season, but the what-ifs for a conference championship, as it is right now, one loss in the conference. That's the same as East Noble and New Haven. And remember, the NEA does not use any tiebreakers. Now, I don't know the tiebreakers would apply here because the first tiebreaker is generally head-to-head. And in this three-way tie, all three teams are one and one against the other two. So I don't know that you would have broken the tie anyway. I think it would have been a tri-championship regardless if you had tiebreakers. But yeah, Leo is right there. And just kind of curious what Jason Dorfler thinks about, you know, this team and where they're at being just three points away from being an 8-0 and football team instead of a 6-2 and football team. Tonight, convincing over Columbia City 51-7, to and that was a game that was, I don't know if it was tied or it was 14 to I think it was 14-7 to when they told me the score in the second quarter near halftime. So Leo dominated the second half against the Columbia City Eagles and took home that big win. But anyway, congratulations to Jason Dorfler, the Leo Lions. Uh, Everybody wondered, how would the fit be for Jason Dorfler at Leo? Because different type of athlete at Northrop. You go to Leo, their style under coach Jared Souter, completely different than what Jason Dorfler has run in his coaching career at Northrop. And you wondered, could Leo convert to that more wide open style or would Jason Dorfler have to adapt his style to what works at Leo? You know, I think he's answered some of those doubters with the uh, the performance that the Leo Lions have had this year with a 6-2 and two record. They've got a couple of the best players in our area. Brock Schott is a guy that's going to play at the next level, play at a high-caliber program, and uh, Leo a chance to share in an NEA title and a part of a sectional that's going to be among the most interesting in the state. Where you have Leo, you have New Haven, you have East Noble, you got the tri champions of the NE8 all in the same sectional. And you've got Bishop Dwenger now in that sectional. So it's going to be very interesting in sectional 19 when uh, their play gets underway coming up two weeks from tonight. Angola gets their first win tonight. Southside got their first win a couple of weeks ago, so nobody in that sectional is winless. But, uh, yeah, Leo, New Haven, East Noble, and uh, Dwenger all in there. And another team that you got to watch out for is the Wayne Generals. I mean, a very athletic team, a 5-3 and three record. They're 2-0 and oh in Class 4A this year. And maybe they'll be overlooked a little bit because of where they, they fell into the standings of the SAC. But that's going to be a dogfight in Sectional 19. A lot of storylines coming out of that sectional coming up in a couple of weeks. Let's go ahead and get a rundown of all of our scores. Here we go. It is the H&K Chevrolet of New Haven High School football scoreboard and Adam Lundy. All right. Thank you very much, Brett. Let's start off in the SAC where Carroll got the win over Northrop 35-6. to It was Homestead over Concordia 42 to nothing. Snyder gets the win at Bishop Dwanger 33-13. to Bishop Lures gets the win over Southside 36 to nothing. They'll have at least a share of the SAC. And Wayne gets the win over... 
over Northside, 18 to 12. In the Northeast Eight, it was Leo big over Columbia City, 51 to 7. DeKalb gets the win over Belmont, 38 to 14. Norwell over Huntington North, 27 to 6. And in our 1380, the fan game of the week, it was East Noble over New Haven, 31 to 21. In the ACAC, Adam Central shuts out Bluffton, 24 to nothing. Heritage big over Southern Wells, 61 to 7. Lapel defeated Jay County, 28 to 7. And South Adams gets the win at Woodland, 48 to 20. In the NECC, it was Eastside over Central Noble, 43 to 7. Lakeland defeated Fairfield, 33 to 7. Fremont gets the win at Prairie Heights, 30 to 20. It was Angola over Garrett, 18 to 13. And your final score of the evening, it was West Noble defeating Cherubusco, 48 to nothing. That's your H and K Chevrolet scoreboard for you, Brett. All right, we've got to take a break. We're going to come back, put the final finishing touches on Week Eight Friday night with the Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show live at the Kendallville Pizza Hut on 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. Here's more from the Indiana Physical Therapy Postgame Show live at Pizza Hut, 1380 The Fan and 100.9 FM. What we know about conference championships, here's what we learned tonight. There is a very strong possibility of tri-champions in the NE8. After the East Noble Knights pull off the upset of the number four ranked team in Class 4A, the New Haven Bulldogs, handing New Haven their first loss of the season, 31-21, to and Leo winning 51-7 to over Columbia City. It means Leo, New Haven, and East Noble, all with just one loss in any eight play going into action next week. What else we learned tonight? The SAC. The Bishop Lures Knights have at least a share of an SAC title. They can now call themselves champions. They may have to split the victory bell next season, or they may be able to keep it on South Calhoun Street throughout the entire season. All they've got to do, controlling their own destiny, is win next week at Homestead, and it's all their baby. Paint it how you want it. Keep it all year long. <laughs> ring it whenever. The victory bell would be all yours. But you might have to share it with Carol and Snyder if you don't do your own dirty work next Friday at Homestead. Yeah, we'll be finding out if they're sharing it or if they'll have the bell to themselves. We'll be at the game uh, next Friday. Next Friday, we will be there. That will be our featured game of the week next Friday night to wrap up the regular season. Uh, ACAC, guess what we learned? <laughs> it's still the ACAC. That's what we learned. The Adams Central Athletic Conference, a team so dominant they've named the conference after them. And so Adams Central, a 24 to nothing win over the Bluffton Tigers tonight. And Adams Central is just a win against Woodland away from having the ACAC championship outright. And in the NECC, head to head, East Side beats Central Noble. That gives the Blazers the small school title. In the NECC, Eastside 43-7 to over Central Noble. And then you've got West Noble convincingly over Cherubusco. West Noble already had gone through a 4-0 record in the big division. And with Garrett's loss to Angola, giving Angola their first win of the year, an upset special that I called. Good job. On my high school football picks of the week. Uh... West Noble wins the big division of the NECC. Tournament draw comes up on Sunday. We'll find out where we will be in a couple of weeks. Once again, next week at Homestead for Bishop Lures and the Homestead Spartans. 
Thanks to Coach Mosier and Coach Mosier from Adams Central and from <laughs> South Adams for joining us on the show tonight. Big thanks to D.C. Hendricks back in the studio as our producer for our high school football coverage. And thanks to Adam Lundy, our scoreboard operator. And thank you for joining us. Bob Lovell, Indiana Sports Talk is next. I am Brett Rump, and this has been the Indiana Physical Therapy Post Game Show, live from the Kendallville Pizza Hut. Podcasts by Federated Media.